Okay, Smoke and Snow, Old School Essentials, Session 30. So, when we last left off with our heroes, they had discovered that their home village of New Zealand had been attacked by this vampiric creature that they believe they'd killed. The guards in the city had managed to fend it off, but at no small cost, including... Their sort of, the sort of head of their guards, Cotton Nickel, apparently being turned into one of these creatures. He appeared to them, still maintaining enough of his his personality and his sense of self, at least for the moment, to say that although he didn't want his life to be ended, although Wymer offered to do that for him, he was going to try and get as far away from New Zealand as he possibly could while he still had the strength to do so. They also discovered that their companion Malcolm who'd previously sort of stayed in the village to recover from an attack from said vampire had taken some of the guards and he'd set off into the wolf forest in search of said creature now when we last left our heroes they were heading northeast into the wolf forest in search of Malcolm and the guards that had gone with him so you spent a day traveling to the northeast into the woods. Obviously the the sort of fairly level ground that New Zealand is built on soon gives way to these tall tapered coniferous trees that are covered in a dusting of snow. As ever in the wolf forest, unsurprisingly, you can hear the sound of wolves howling in the distance and the sounds of various creatures that inhabit the forest. Although you notice as you move in there, particularly yourself, Brock, being a, a man of these parts, you notice that the animal sounds have got a little bit more subdued and a, a little bit quieter, as no doubt many of the animals sort of entering hibernation or settling down for the winter. As you head in on the first day, you unfortunately have a mishap where your wagon bumps against a large rock and one of the wheels breaks on your wagon. Luckily, previously, you had purchased some spares and the dwarven prospector, your old friend Krosnon, who's basically been driving your wagon since your teamsters were killed, he sort of makes a remark, you know, Lucky we had these spares and he's able to like fix a new wheel to it and it delays you a little bit but it's nothing too disastrous and you continue travelling to to the east basically obviously you set up watches etc you camp for the first day nothing particularly untoward happens however as you stop making your way into it an area of the forest that sort of clears out ever so slightly as you're sort of making your way through the snow the sound of the wagons wheels trundling through the slush and bumping against the various rocks in the distance from just beyond the trees you hear the sound of raised voices shouting and some sort of odd sort of rushing or slithering noise it's difficult precisely to pick out. Krosnon, who's like obviously sat on the front of the wagon holding the reins of like 
your ponies sort of like looks to you guys for an indication of what you want to do so these are human voices were they they sound human but it just sounds like shouting you can't really make out specific words it sounds a little bit panicked though Hmm. there's nothing you hear to lead you to believe it's inhuman Okay. We probably don't want to take the wagon through there because that's obviously going to. If there is something bad, it's going to alert them. I don't know if you want me to uh, move in and take a look. Use the terrain a bit to. Uh... Yeah, you're a Quentin. Or both? Well, yeah, possibly. Okay, so is the plan that Brock and Quentin are going to sort of stealth up ahead and scope out the lay of the land and sort of see what's going on? Yes, both. Yeah. Okay. We'll use the trees and land as much as possible to cover our approach. Obviously. Yeah, it's not a problem. I'm not going to ask you to make a roll to remain hidden because there's plenty of tree cover. There's lots of snow. Because it's snowing, like, visibility is not great. So I'm not going to ask you to make a stealth roll or anything like that. As you, the two of you, Brock... Sort of like moving from tree to tree, Quentin being a little bit more stealthy and keeping to the shadows of the pines and stuff like that. As you move up ahead and you're moving fairly slowly, because obviously if you run due to like the softs and the crunch of the snow, it makes a lot of noise. So you're moving very carefully, very steadily. As you move up ahead, the noise of the voices gets louder and it resolves itself into what sound like a couple of human voices shouting and as you peer through the trees you can see ahead of you a little clearing you've not gone into it yet you're still in the tree cover and you see like a large rock dark and gray jutting out of the the snow so above the landscape you can see what appeared to be two men wearing the tattered remnants of the the four eastburn guard uniforms you know you think, oh, maybe these are two of the guards that like Malcolm took with him. You can see that they they're covered in like small wounds and like bloods on their armor, and their the surcoats are ragged, and they have like a look of panic on their eyes. And then surrounding this rock that they sort of seem to have clambered up on, you see this almost like ocean of small furred rodent bodies trying almost trying to flow up the side of the rock like creating this sort of rushing like slithering noise that you heard earlier as this tide of vermin keeps surging like waves against this grey rock you can see the two guards are quite panicked sort of like swinging their swords like occasionally like chopping one of these rats in in two and trying to keep them off the rock they've obviously tried to get to high ground you know to get out of the way of these things but they're pretty much stranded on this rock, surrounded by this this disease-ridden tide of rats. They don't appear to have spotted you. They're so involved in just like making sure these things don't get on the rocks. They've not even noticed you guys like in the tree line. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna light up a couple of torches from where I am okay. and start running towards this wave of rats to try and 
Okay, cause some chaos. Uh, I will move us all onto a different map, just so you can see more of what I'm sort of talking about. No sign of Malcolm, I take it? No. In the group. There we go, so hopefully you can all see that map, obviously your tokens are at the side. So in the centre we've got the we've got the two guards surrounded by these these swarms of rats basically. Mm -hmm. They look quite injured, like I say, like a little bit panicked. They're hacking away at these rats every time they try and climb up the rock. So, like I say, as quickly as possible, I'll light one torch, and as I'm running towards it, I'll sort of use the other torch to um, get another one lit, so I've got one in each hand. Okay. So, yeah, so you light a torch, and you start running towards the rats. That's not a problem. As you start running, what are you doing? Are you just like waving the torches around, are you throwing them? Uh, well, I'm going to get close enough that I'm not going to sort of throw them and miss, really. I, I want to try and clear at least one side of the rocks by putting two torches on one side of the rock to try and give them the chance to escape if, if needs be. You know, I'm just trying to divert them away from one side of these rocks. Okay, so move yourself on the map to where you want to be. Obviously, we're not strictly in combat rounds, really. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it'd be right next to these these rats, but I'm looking to sort of place the torches at the side of the, the rock where I'm pinging there. Yep, so as you as you sort of wave these torches around and then like stick them in the ground, the, the nearest rats start flowing away from you, obviously startled by the fire. Um, and I'm going to try and summon these guys down, you know, to escape down this route and, and head behind me. Yeah, they are, uh, they are more than happy to like, jump down off this rock. They start scrambling down it and towards you. You see as they now they've stopped attacking these these other rats, they do start climbing up this rock and a few of them are jumping off it. But they generally seem to be unwilling to get near the torches that you've planted in the ground um so yeah i'm gonna draw my sword obviously and i'm just gonna try and back up with them heading towards the group um and me sort of doing a defensive withdrawal yeah no problem the the three of you withdraw back to the group the rats kept at bay by your torches the two guards look pretty exhausted. They've obviously been sort of stuck on this rock for quite some considerable time. Are the, are the rats still sort of hanging around the rock or are they showing yeah. any interest in us at all? They're still swarming around the rock. Occasionally they, they sort of try and get a little bit closer to you. But like I said, they seem unwilling to go anywhere near these torches that you've set up. So you think for the moment, while the torches last, you're reasonably safe. Yeah, so I suggest that we 
we back off then and uh, head back to the the car, unless you know, unless I interrupt to to say anything. Um, is that is that everybody? Is you, is this the whole group? Is there any others? I'll ask one of them. He says, "Oh, no, no, there were there, there, there were a couple more, but the um, the, the the vermin got them." Uh, and I sort of start ash, you know, uh, ash, sending them off in the uh, direction of the cart. Yeah, um, no sort of talk as we walk, as it were. Yeah, no problem at all. You, you withdraw back to the cart. Um, did you see Malcolm? Was you was you one of the guards that came out with Malcolm? They're like, uh, yes, yes, we were. We were originally part of a. Uh, a group that he got together to hunt down that creature that attacked uh, the village. Uh, we, we were on its trail and we were we were following the tracks, and then we were we were beset by these swarms of rats. Uh, uh, most most of the rest of our party were devoured by them. Uh, we, we lost sight of uh, of Malcolm du- during the, the the chaos of it. All I can tell is something dark and fast came out of the trees and grabbed hold of him, and that was the last we saw of him. Single figure. I don't even know if it was a figure. It was more like just like a dark shape, almost like a shadow, and it just came from nowhere out of the trees. It moved so fast, I could, I could barely make it out. And any any idea which way it went, roughly? He says, uh, uh, he, he sort of like looks right. He's like, no, no, I didn't. The, the other guard says, uh, I, I, I think, I think he went in a, an, an easterly direction. Uh, that 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 way, and he sort of points off into the trees. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you much more beyond that. I mean, I, I saw it disappear into the trees with your man, but uh, then we were then we were fighting against these things and looking for somewhere to take shelter. Hmm. Uh, well, obviously, give that information to Wyman and the rest of the group. Um, I take it well. We've got no choice but to carry on to the east in search of Malcolm. I'm just thinking, last time we fought one of these things, a bunch of wolves turned up. Yeah. And this time a bunch of rats turned up. So we should be prepared for it to summon generally any animal. Mm. Oh, oh, there's there's, a, there's one other thing uh, the, the first guard said. He says... Uh, just before, just before we got attacked by these creatures, we, uh, when we were following the the, the tracks with Malcolm, we found a, uh, we found the body of a, of a, of, of a man frozen stiff. It was and obviously been here for quite some time. Uh, and then he like reaches inside his uh, his like armored like plating, and he pulls out what appears to be like a small, almost like frozen like book. And he sort of says, "We found this on him," and he like holds it out towards you, Brock. Well, I mean, I, I pass that to Weimar and say you're more learned with these sort of things. So you're making the sense of this. So is it is like a damp book, frozen solid? Some of the pages have been prized open. If you have a look at your, your inventory, you will see right. I've added an item called the Logger's Diary. Right. Hmm.
It's in your miscellaneous thing about halfway down. Miscellaneous. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna reopen that sheet because it's not showing. Okay. There we go. Logger's diary. Here we go. <clears throat> okay, so I'll well uh, gingerly handle it because uh, yeah, it's... as you're turning it over, you can see it's like a very crudely made book. It's obviously been like handmade by someone. It's mm. got it's got wooden covers that have obviously suffered from the cold weather, and there's like fraying, frozen, ragged like bits of cloth binding together these thick pages. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'll I'll just read out a couple of things here that I can tell Brock Quentin. So this one says, "We boarded the ship for Valconan so many months ago, hoping for a new life, whilst we had worked off our debts. But the foreman at the logging camp always finds new ways to keep us owing him money. Even the small infraction in increases our debt." And we are little more than slaves, not even all allowed to leave the camp. Um, this one says, A strange sickness has ravaged the camp. Many people complain about strange dreams and seeing creatures in the night. They become pale and listless. Some have died, but I have seen their pale shades lurking beyond the light of our fires. Well, somehow this person... Has the wits to put these words on paper, but not flee, I suppose. I say as I, I browse for the next <laughs> segment. I have heard that there is a village a few days to the west of here that takes in strays. I'm going to use the chaos of the sickness to make my escape from the camp. With a little luck and Leander's grace, I may make it to the village. Was the author of this somewhere uh, frozen mm. the god says yeah we we we, we found a, a frozen corpse when we were following the trails and uh, th this was on the corpse definitely dead D yes definitely dead. frozen solid yeah and does the, the this login book does it have some sort of dates in there it doesn't know it's very, crude. it's yeah. very crudely written okay yeah, it, it seems seems recent. Yes, I mean, it seems it seems rather odd. All things put together, uh, not not what happened to these people. I think we have a good idea of what that is, but something about this logging thing seems a bit off. I don't know. But anyway, it looks like we are. Um, I'm not sure what to think about the woods being full of shades now that we know what those shades are mm. and how many it takes to bring them down and talking about these shades and shadows in the woods uh, who's carrying this garlic at the moment that we hold so precious I think you are yeah I think you were the the bulb lord as it was <laughs> i think i um i gave one to you one of you two but i don't know who yeah. took it in the end probably weimar 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's where we ended last time, sort of like sorting out the the okay. garlic. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the cultural interchange of garlic bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in my current situation with um, my joining with uh, Lan, I'd have probably given her the other set that I've got at the moment. Okay. Uh, and and warner of these creatures, and hopefully this will give you some sort of protection towards them um, should it come to it uh, so at least we've got sort of two out of four people slightly protected um, well it looks like we're heading in the, in the direction of this potential logging camp or settlement or whatever it is to the east Maybe Malcolm may have even been taken there. Yes, I think overall there's probably something there we might find that would be useful. The thing is, I'm... I think this is probably the biggest threat we've faced. Mm. Barring the flying one, but we, we haven't really faced that one. It's been and uninterested. Yeah, and talking of the flying thing, did Weimar communicate to us about the the vision he had ah, i can't remember uh, as, yeah, as, far so, as, as far as i recall you you haven't told them yet sort of things yeah happen. and that that's something that i i realized after last time that i actually forgot to do that but i meant to do hmm. so uh, <clears throat> uh i mean we heard about it obviously but i mean in character yeah yeah well, i mean yeah i mean feel, feel free to to tell them about it now i mean you could have told them while you're traveling that's absolutely yeah right. yeah that's that's what i was thinking like we would have talked about that while traveling i think while there's no other ears necessarily around yeah i just wanted so, to make sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that was the intent but I, I did forget because things came up <laughs> as they do yeah um so yeah the uh weimar's take on the whole thing was that uh yon lord of the fort is most definitely a sorcerer and has a grand plan that has absolutely nothing to do with Valkonen, uh, nothing to do with, well, maybe with Valkonen, but uh, the ultimate goal is, is nothing to do with the defense of any, you know, gold panning claims or any logging camps or whatever. But his his goal is some kind of transformation into a monster of of old of old magic. You and think he wants to actually trans transform transform himself? Yeah, not yeah. just control these creatures and rule yeah. them. I think I think uh, and and this is how Weimar would have put it as well. Um, he is more interested in self-transcendence rather than sort of material power uh which may come as a result of uh becoming this 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 monstrosity but like he, he's not interested in being a lord of a castle and lord, ruling the lands like that's not that's not his goal at all or his, his intent that's a stepping stone to something else entirely mm. That makes me uh, even more concerned that you know we need to deal with him sooner rather than later. Then before he becomes more powerful, 
with his allies, etc. Yeah, I think it it would not be a sad day if we were to find said lord uh, deceased and the castellan of Staffstone Tower being elevated. And maybe, uh, however dangerous it sounds, maybe if if we are if we can find our our companion Malcolm, his idea of trying to tame this this creature, maybe mm. a way to rid us of this lord, this wyvern creature. I, I would I would think that if if we had such a mighty ally, the, the lord would have very few places where he would be safe and. Mm. If we had this beast, we could lay an actual ambush in the mountains for when he goes to do whatever he does in the mountains. Mm. Yeah, I'm not even sure Brock knows about that, but yeah. Uh, but this is this is what one was saying, which yeah. I still desire to much desire to find out about because we, well, we were thwarted last time. But I am certain that something he does in the mountains is oh, it is it is going to be relevant to something other than governing a castle and some soldiers. Again, as much as I hate to say it, it, it may involve us trying to find this this other sword, like the one that you speak mm. to. Mm. Maybe it is witchcraft that we need to face. More witchcraft. It's it's witchcraft either way, I think, at this point. Yeah. Bows his head. Solemn solemn thoughts. Anyway, uh, the the more present concern, the logging camp. Um this was a pleasant dis- distraction, but I am now returning to my thoughts of there's no good way to go about any of this. Like every step forward is a bad idea, let it be said. <laughs> As you're saying that, and, uh, <laughs> Brock sort of bows his head at the thought of like having to use witchcraft to fight witchcraft. Lan Rivar like lays a hand on your on your shoulder, Brock, and she just says like, in a fairly sort of quiet, thoughtful voice to you. She says, "Well, we know that sometimes sacrifices have to be made for for the good of all. Well, whatever decision you make, I, I will stand by you." Yeah, I sort of nod, obviously, sort of accepting that as a somewhat uh, a bit of uh, well, a bit of peace of mind. But um, yeah, she, yeah, she's, she's obviously quite your troubled. Gently, in an affectionate manner, and then doesn't say anymore. Um, but yeah, like Wama says, we've got our pressing, pressing events of today. What, whilst this conversation's been going on, what's uh, Quentin been up to? I've just been thinking. <laughs> Listening to all of this, thinking. You know, trying to see if any of it fits together. Um, obviously, we've got pressing concerns. We've got this logger's place. Malcolm's missing. And uh, we've got a vampire out there that can summon pretty much any animal it wants in a vast number. So Yeah, so you've been sort of like walking around the edge of the area you're in, you know, just like keep keeping a bit of an eye out. Yeah. Make sure nothing attacks you while you're sort of mulling this over in your mind. You're not so far away that you can 
you can't hear what's being said. But, you know, just like while they're deep in conversation, you're like, I best just keep an eye out, just make sure nothing attacks us unawares. Because as you say, you, you're on edge because you're like, well, if this if this vampire can control animals, we're in a forest. You know, yeah. be, best best be on my guard. As you're as you're sort of wandering around, you, you've wandered a little bit further away from your companions. You're still inside of them, but uh, as you peer through the trees, you catch sight of what appears to be something made out of stone like just rising a little bit above the above the tree line like maybe like a stone pillar or something like that okay. it's it's probably about 40 maybe 50 feet away so through the trees you just caught a glimpse of it through like a gap in the trees yeah I'll go full ninja on it then and sneak towards it okay yeah you you sneak off into the trees and as you make your way through the undergrowth again being careful you know picking away over branches and twigs and stuff like that you eventually reach this stone item and you see it actually appears to be like a large archway or sort of gate built out of stone it looks like very immaculately carved uh, it appears to be largely untouched by weathering or any sort of damage from the coal and in fact as you sort of get a bit nearer, you notice that as you get closer to it, like, the temperature actually gets a little bit warmer. Not like roasting hot or anything, but it's got like a couple of degrees warmer. And as you sort of like look at the base of this empty like stone archway, you notice it in the area immediately around it, like, there's no snow because obviously the temperature's a little bit higher and it's like melted and it's just like there's bits of grass and like soil, whereas everything else is blanketed in thick white snow. I imagine I've just found what they're looking for. Um, is there any writing on it? Okay, you obviously you'd have to get pretty close to. Yeah. But yeah, you you make your way in, you have a look at it, and you can indeed see that there is sort of like, almost like pictograms that are like carved into like the archway of the gate. Yeah. have a skill for this uh, read languages okay go for a mate roll success 17 oh nice so my uh, my dice roll is lagging a bit behind I was just waiting for it to actually pop up okay <laughs> okay so yeah, so so you look at it and you remember like this looks like some of the the old Valconan writings you've seen before, where they used more sort of like little pictograms and icons rather than more traditional the more traditional alphabet that yep. we use nowadays. And you think it says? I mean, you're not an expert in it, so you've got the general gist. You may have missed a few of the little idiosync idiosyncrasies of it, but it seems to be saying like to. To you, to end. It says basically to enter the forest, make the pledge of your blood, and join with that of the forest, or something along those lines. You're sort of like paraphrasing it because obviously the language yeah. is like organised a little bit differently, but that's roughly what it says. Yeah. Okay. I'll. Uh... Have I got any rope?
Okay, no rope. So I'm going to mark the tree and uh, every other tree as I'm leaving this trail back to them, I'll mark again so I've got a direct path back. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. You you make your way back marking the trees as you go. You sort of like score like a little like sort of arrow on it. You'll have no problems yep. finding your way back. And I'll, I'll get to Brock and Weimar. So you two need to come and see this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds interesting. And I'll lead them back with a trail I've made. Yep. So you follow Quentin back. And you can see as you do so that he's obviously marked the trees as I described. Let's say about 50, 40 feet away. As you make your way through the forest, you eventually come to this area I've described with this large stone archway with these pictograms carved into it. You will all notice that as you get nearer to it, like the area immediately like within the archway and sort of around it it's like a couple of degrees warmer than everywhere else to the point where there's like actually like grass growing in the archway because the temperature's warmer there's no snow covering immediately surrounding it and in fact i will show you a picture of what it looks like so um i think i found what you're looking for guys Yep, so as I've said, you can see this this large sort of stone archway sort of here on the edge of the map. So sort of there. Well, I've already been there. So. Yeah, you can see the area around it, as I've described, this like stony area with bits of moss and grass growing in it. Uh, as you're now getting a bit closer and looking it over, you can actually see, Quentin, that there's like a splotch of like dried blood on the stone. It's obviously quite old. It's like dried, but it's discoloured the stone a little bit. You can see there's a few sort of felled trees nearby. And then, like I say, about 30 or 40 feet away from the gate, the temperature drops again and the snow cover returns. So... To enter the forest requires a, a drop of your blood on your hand. I imagine you touch your hand, bloody hand, to the portal, gateway, I don't know what you call it. And you're in this forest you're talking about, this, judging by the immediate area, this everlasting summer forest. So, a quick question. What are these, if anything? They appear to be smaller sort of stone pillars. They they've got like a slight bluish coloration, like a, like a pigment, like flakes of yeah. a pigment. It looks like they were once painted blue, but a lot of it's mm -hmm. like flaked off. Yeah. But um, yeah, they just look like stone pillars, like little stone pillars coming out of the ground. And uh, the paint is the only marking on it. Like there's no yeah. carvings or yeah, no, detail work. Yeah, so somebody has been through here. There's dry blood on the port mm. gateway thing. Can you roll me a D6, Quentin? Yeah. 
six. Okay, so you're sort of like you've lent a bit closer to like be this like dried blood, and you're like you shout him back over your shoulder to like why am I? Someone's obviously used this. There's blood here, and then when you get when you get close to blood, you're like there's like a slightly odd smell about it. I mean, obviously there's not really a smell to dried blood as such, but there's an odd sort of as you sort of look at it, like it's still slightly like it's got like a weird sort of tacky like viscosity to it. And as you sort of like with your dagger, you just sort of like prod it a bit. It lets out this odd sort of smell like pine furs and pine needles. I've never had blood smell like that before. Um, blood with the scent of pine. Yeah, but, but like I say, it's, it's odd because like I say, it's you'd expect dried blood. It should just be dry, but this yeah. is like weird and almost like slightly sort of like gelatinous and like sticky. It sounds like you're almost describing the blood of the trees themselves. Sappy. Yeah, sappy would be an appropriate term for it. Sappy blood. There's definitely like actual blood in there because like you can tell from the colour. You know what blood looks like. So perhaps mix it with tree sap. Blood there any... tree sap is the blood of the forest. While Quentin's looking at the blood, can I look at the trees and see if there's any marks in the sort of local trees of any sort of carvings or where they try to take some sap or something? As you look at the local trees, you can actually see several of them have like fairly deep like score marks in the trunks. I mean, they're quite odd, like very old, so they've sort of like healed over for want of a better term but you can see where someone's obviously like very deliberately like and deeply like cut into the mm. trunks of several of the local trees yeah i'll point it out to the others looks like someone's been drawing something from these trees not Let in some, some time sap. the sap question the question is do we want to go through there i thought you did want to go through there well maybe when once we've found Malcolm or do we think Malcolm's gone through someone's gone through so and if you're on a limited time for getting this sword of trees or whatever you call it ah the fabled sword of trees <laughs> I mean <laughs> the know, leafy blade if we know anything <laughs> from the vision that Weimar had we know that that lord needs Malcolm to lure the dragon in. So, chances are, if, say, the lord has a kidnapped him, he's alive. If a vampire's kidnapped him, he might be alive, but he might be a vampire. Is, is this sort of the easterly direction, or have we now sort of took a different sort of direction from... I mean, you're still sort of heading eastwards to use sort of game terms on the main map you're still in the same like big hex because each hex is like a day's worth of travel so yeah. you are still heading to the east but you've not like done like a full day's travel you're still you're sort of just uh, exploring the area you were in okay but you're sort of generally sort of like heading east just taking a slightly meandering path rather than like a direct route but, but didn't you say this looks like the the blood was you know quite old? Well, it's dried. 
as much as blood can dry when it's in sap. Yeah, and, and you you think now you've sort of you've all realised that sap's presumably been mixed with it, Quentin. But as you rightfully say, like the actual blood component would have dried a long time ago because it looks like it's quite old. But obviously the sap's taken longer to dry and it's maintained a bit of its viscosity. Yeah. Especially if it's in a warmer area. Mm. I'm just trying to ascertain which way we think Malcolm's gone. Uh, well, it sounds like Malcolm's probably at the lumber mill um, or thereabouts. And this is here. We know that now. So someone could pass me a map so we can mark the bloody thing. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we've... Well, Malcolm's probably got the map, but... <laughs> we can... Uh... Certainly take a mental note. That that's fine. I will mark it on the um the main campaign map for you. That's not a problem. Thank you. So we know that blood's old, so somebody's probably gone through looking for the same thing you're looking for. We'd better go and find Malcolm so we can either save his life or put him down. And with that cheerful thought Yes, unfortunately, it does sound like that is the situation. Okay, so what's the plan, guys? I'll put a hand on the the handle of the sword, and I'll think, do you know what this is? The um, the, the voice of the sword comes back in your mind, and so it's a... Well, I... I should imagine it's some sort of uh, some sort of intradimensional portal. They were quite popular back in the uh, the days of the old center. I'm definitely getting a, a strong feeling of magical emanations from it. Right, let's be on our way. I'll say to Brock and Quentin. Cool, let's go. Okay, no problems. So you turn from the the gate and you continue making your way to the east. You travel for a couple of days. It's fairly uneventful, you know, you see various animals, etc. But nothing that causes you too much of a problem. On the on the fir- the end of the first day there's like the temperature's a little less cold and there's like a light shower of rain rather than snow but it soon returns back to the colder temperatures and the rain turns at first to sleet and then to snow you keep moving obviously you've got the wagon you've got Krosnon with you you continue rumbling your way through the forest it's a little bit slow going so obviously the wagon's having to wind its way through trees there's a few points where you have to move logs out of the way to make a pass for the the wagon to get through but by and large nothing occurs that causes you too many problems after a couple of days travel it's it's probably mid-afternoon you spot in the it's just sort of you think oh we must be getting near to the coast you can like hear the sound of like the sea and you can hear the like shifting and creaking of the ice sheets that are forming on the sea and as you sort of think oh yeah we must just be a bit near to the coast 
you you turn round a sort of outcropping of the trees and you see what appear to be several like tree stumps obviously trees have been cut down um, forming a sort of large logged area effectively and then as you look along the coast effectively you can see in the distance what appears to be a a small not cliff but it's like a small raised area of land that drops down and then beyond that you can see what appears to be a number of crude looking canvas tents i will show you a picture of that Okay, so as you look into this makeshift camp, you can see from your sort of slightly elevated vantage point what appears to be a, a few carts. There's large piles of logs to the south of you, and then there's this cluster of crude canvas tents around what looks like a makeshift sort of campsite. There looks to be the remnants of a, of a campfire there, but obviously it's not lit. You don't see any signs of any people. The the camp seems pretty much deserted. I'll go and sneak. You two stay and ready. Okay, do you want to make your uh, your move silently roll? Quentin? Okay, now obviously in character you don't know that you failed to sneak, yep. but move yourself to where you would have been trying to sneak to. Okay, that's absolutely fine. You you creep forward. You don't see anything particularly untoward. Yep. There's a well, Romeo D six. Yeah, you don't see anything particularly untoward. However, until you look through the the bushes that are right next to you here, and as yeah. you look through them in the direction of this sort of large pile of snow here, you can see what appears to be a pale hand sort of sticking out of this snowdrift. Okay. I shall move to there, try and get a better look at this hand. Okay, as you move closer, you can see it's, it looks to be a human hand. It's very pale, not surprising it's in a snowdrift. You can see that the, the fingernails are long, chipped and unkempt, and the, the hand is almost skeletally thin the the skin stretched taut over the the bones and the tendons within the hand and it's just sort of like lying on the on the ground so just sticking out a, a few feet beyond the the snowdrift i shall signal the other ones to move in a bit closer okay yep so 
Quentin's like waving the rest of you guys over. Obviously, we're not in combat rounds, so you can move yourselves. Yeah, we'll move up. And obviously, following oh. where that Quentin's pointing, you can all see this hand. The problem is here, we're not entirely certain if it is dead. I'll... Sorry, what time of day is it? <laughs> it's sort of mid-afternoon. I'll draw my sun sword. Okay. And um, I'll step forward to poke it. The sun sword. Okay, so you just literally like step it up and up. Yeah, yeah, just step forward and extend my hand to the fullest and just like tap it with the, okay, with the sword. Move yourself up to the, the snowdrift. Uh, it's not below Quentin, is it? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, I was not uh, on. The, are we? Are we talking this one? Just to the east of me. Yeah, the yeah. other one. The other one. Yeah. Cool. I was in the corner of the map. Did not see shit. Okay. No worries. Okay, so you move yourself up. You you take the sun sword out and you poke it against the the pallid flesh of the emaciated hand. As you do so, there is a hissing, sizzling sound, and the skin on the hand blackens. Immediately, there is a snarl from inside of the snowdrift, and this emaciated, corpse-like figure hurls itself out of the snowdrift directly at you. And I'm going to roll for that. Okay, so this bold, pallid, almost famine-stricken figure leaps out of the snow, clawing at you with these filthy, ragged, leprous-looking, claw-like fingernails. You Obviously, you were expecting something as soon as the flesh started sizzling. You were like, I know mm -hmm. what that means. So literally, as it jumps out, you're already sort of backpedaling and getting ready to like protect yourself. So you've sort of stepped back out of its reach and it now stands there as it does it lets out this like <laughs> and you see this long like fleshy tongue like almost canine like hanging out of its mouth and as it lets out this loud hiss from around the campsite you start to hear other voices answering in a similar hiss and as you watch you start seeing like the piles of timber and like other snowdrifts dotted around start to move. Okay. Not dead. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> uh, who's through the first through the portal then? <laughs> um I think I'm the slowest, so one of you one of you two. <laughs> I, I, I like you Quentin's so about so about that tree something. <laughs> okay, so since we're effectively in combat rounds, does one of you guys want to roll initiative for you? Just need to roll That'll a d6. Be... Yeah, I, I thought it was the classic d10, but no, it's a. Uh... It's the even classic d6. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I will roll a, a d6 for the the enemies. Okay. And I only get a two. So you guys are going first. Now, what, what I'm going to try in this in this combat, if you guys don't object, is normally there's actually like phases you go through, which I've been pretty much ignoring. But I thought, if you guys are willing, give it a go in this combat, see how it shakes out. We don't like it. Oh, no foul, really. So the way this works is each basically you re-roll your initiative each combat round uh, at the start of a round like before initiative roll normally if you wanted to cast a spell you'd have to like declare oh, i'm casting a spell because you have to start doing all the gestures and whatever but we've got no magic users so the winning side basically you all get to do your movement then anyone who wants to do a missile attack gets to do a missile attack then you'll get to do like any spell casting then any melee attacks and then we go on to the next side which is technically like the default way you're supposed to play it. I've not really bothered with it so mm. far, but, but give it a try for this combat. Like I said, if we don't like it, we can go back to the old way of doing it. It's not a problem. I'm, I'm going to cast my sword <laughs> at, at, at this creature. That's fine. So does anyone want to? Mo anyone on your side want to move? Obviously, you're in charge of Lan, Brock. Yeah, I suggest we just charge this one, A, to get away from the others a little bit, and B, to try and take it down as quickly as possible. So I suggest we sort of try and surround it and give ourselves a little bit of distance from the other ones. Okay, uh, well, feel free to move yourselves, all of you. You can all move at once, it's fine. Uh, just let me know when you've done with your movement. Yeah, so I've got a clear missile shot at it, and Weimar and Brock are flanking it effectively. Yep. Okay, so... Next, we go on to missile attacks, which presumably will only be Quentin. Yeah. So, yeah, you can make your missile attack at it. Okay. Looking good. Poof, yep. that, that'll do. Yeah, it's the silver dagger. So, so you start wanging the silver dagger at it. Yeah. Okay, no problem. So, your silver dagger indeed hits this creature and sinks into its flabby, pallid flesh. It lets out a scream as the dagger like sticks in. And again, you can see around the edge of the wound, rather like where Weimar's sword twitches, you see like the skin like blackening, almost like it's sort of like burnt it. Okay. And it's stuck in it, it's a bonus. Indeed. Okay, so next we go on to, it would be spellcasting, but obviously that's not a thing. So next we go on to melee attacks. So who wants do you to go, first? go Brock? Do you want to go Brock or shall I? I don't know. Do I go last because of like two-handed weapon, or is, is that all sort of irrelevant? I, I don't think it really matters at this point, to be honest. Okay. Well, I don't mind. I can go first. If you want. Yep. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna chop at it with my uh, two-handed sword. Oof. Ah, oh, let down that was. Okay, so you deliver a vicious swing, but at the last moment it sort of throws itself to one side in like an animalistic crouch, and your mighty blow only grazes it slightly. Okay, who's next? Why well, more? 
does, or Lan. Does, does Lan have? Yeah, she's got a sword. I don't know if she'll be able to hit it. So, but I'll give it a try. So, she'll uh, join me nice. in the attack. Nice. Yeah. So, Lan. She did better than you. <laughs> perhaps, tell her that. Perhaps emboldened by seeing you like fail to do much damage on it, she steps forward and delivers a mighty swing at the creature, actually sort of like severing one of its forearms, which like, falls to the ground. The creature lets out a high-pitched sort of inhuman scream. It's like its severed hand falls into the snow. It's only because I set her up. Okay, why more? This thing's tag team action. This thing's yeah, flailing yeah. around, screeching like blood dribbling out of the end of its severed arm. Yeah, stumbling about with the dagger in the chest. It's, like, ah, yeah. it's, it's not like in a good way. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's a bad, bad day. He was just trying to sleep in the snow, and then this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here is here's the sun sword, and it just the sun is going down. That's it. Unless eleven is good enough. No, it's not. Unfortunately, there's always one. Okay, yeah. so onto the onto the NPCs. So first of all, I'm going to do their movement. So this one here is moving closer. This one's coming around the side as well. And you watch as these are climbing out of the sort of wood pile and they're basically moving in. Are they sort of double moving or is that their sort of normal movement? That's their normal yeah. move. They're sort of moving so in like quick. A, a loping sort of almost animalistic run. Mm. <laughs> Should have run away. Brock's very limited experience with undead has been like quite slow creatures. And like I say, these seem almost sort of savagely animalistic as they they run forward. Some of them even sort of like lope along or seem to like drop to all fours as they're running. Mm. Okay, no missile attacks. So we're on to melee attacks or to this one that's charging in at Quentin. Obviously, a ten's going to miss. So this thing claws at you. You deftly evade it, Quentin. And then yeah. the the injured guy. Um, I'm going to do him an attack on Lan because she's the one who did the most damage on him. You can please see my rolls are absolutely terrible again. Good. So. Yeah, this gore flails out as she deftly parries it with a sword as she sort of backpedals a little bit, but it doesn't manage to get any harm on her. And that's it. So if one of you guys wants to roll initiative for the next round, and I'll see how I'll roll for... Do I continue doing that? or? Yeah, that's yeah fine. You carry on, mate. Yep. Yeah. There we go. That's a five. Oh, it's a five for me as well. So effectively, we're actually going simultaneously. Mm. So... You guys go first, but obviously, even if you kill someone in this round, they'll still get to act because it's all mm. happening simultaneously. But uh, 
yeah, you guys go for it. So, first of all, any movement you want to do? Yeah. So I don't know what what's what's the right move here because you know potentially we could kill this one, but if we all if no one moves, we could all be could waste our attack. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, well, yeah, I don't know. Because you got to sort of move first, don't you? So. You, well, how about um, you guys keep keep at it, and I go help Quentin. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to take this position. So if any more come round there, there's more chance that they engage me than land. Okay. Hopefully. Right. So if there's no more movement to do, we go on to missile attack. You're all in combat, so. There's not really any missile attacks, so we'll move on to melee attacks. Who wants to go first? I've got a missile attack, John. Oh, sorry. Go for, your got go, crossbow. Go, go for your missile attack, then. I hit 18. And you're shooting at the one that's, like, coming in at you, are you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, your crossbow bolt sinks into the soft flesh of this creature, causing it to sort of like slow down a bit, but obviously this is all happening simultaneously with it running it. Yeah. But you have definitely hurt it. Okay, so melee combat. Obviously, Quentin won't get a melee attack because he's done a missile attack. But um, if anyone else wants to go for melee. Brock, if you want I'll do land first then. Not this time, I don't oh. think. Oh. Okay, so perhaps not wanting to show Brock up, she, uh, she's managed to get a blow on it this time. She can show me up if she wants it. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Uh, 16, is that enough? That is definitely a hit. So you have taken out the creature. Obviously, it'll still get to act this round because they're going simultaneously. Yep. But I will mark it. Okay, cool. Okay. So, why more? Uh, yeah, here comes the summer sun. Uh, <sighs> Jesus. I think the sun's sound, fortunately. I think I, I just stabbed myself in the forehead and die. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably what it is is like obviously due to his peg leg like on the uneven ground, Wymar's having like a bit of difficulty, especially since you've just like charged across this yeah. sort of rocky ground and yet throws your uh, your centre of balance off. Yeah. You don't manage to hit it. Right. Okay, so on to the creatures. So I'll do their their move first. They're all sort of converging on your position. Okay. 
let's go with some attacks. So one on Quentin. Absolutely misses. Couple on Weimar. Misses. Second one. Fourteen a hit on you. Did he upgrade his armor? I can't remember. It's fourteen a hit on you, Weimar. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. That's okay. with with a shield now. <laughs> so it's it's filthy claws like rake down your shield. Okay, so I'm going to do the the one that's shortly about to die. I'm going to do that attacking uh, Lan. So we're going simultaneously. It's a ten. That's not going to be good enough. And the second one attacking Brock. Yep. Fifteen. No, he's he's up to eighteen now. Okay, so perhaps protected by the the blessed items of your tribe, although the the claws rake down your furs and your armor, it doesn't manage to penetrate. And then. You both yourself and Lan, you hack down this one in front of you. Okay, next round, rough initiative warm up. Okay, you guys are going first. Okay, so Quentin, I presume. Well, you've got movement if any of you want to move. Oh, yeah, yeah that's it. I'm not going anywhere. Um, well, I'm going to definitely move. I'm going to move back one because I've got to shoot a missile. Okay, yeah, missile attacks then. Sorry? Missile attacks then. Yeah. So I'm going to shoot the one that I've already shot. Hits AC 14. That is definitely a hit. Four points. So you shoot this creature. The bolt sinks deeply into its neck. It falls to the ground. It's it's still trying to sort of like crawl towards you, but it's literally like... We've got one of your bolts that's sticking right through its neck. Bonus. It's obviously not long for this world. Okay, we're on to melee attacks. Okay, well, we're going to combine forces once again, tag team this, this new assailant. Oh, that's terrible. And then Brock. Oh, nearly. 16, that's still enough. Yep. I yep, just rolled, rolled off a 10. Okay, so you've not killed it, but describe how you've done it some serious damage. So describe the mighty blow that you deal it. Yeah, so the the two-handed sword, uh, seen a lot of action. It's got the dried blood of a previous assailant still on it uh, from all the action. Um, So once again, 
thrusting it through the the guts of this this creature um but it seems to be you know uninterested by its wounds it's just carrying on its vicious attack even with the sword sticking out of it and then Brock will uh, do the usual plant place his foot and release his sword shot that it can uh, continue okay so yeah you've You've stuck your sword through this thing's midriff. When you pull it out, like ropey, slimy cords of this thing's intestines come out with your blade that are sort of like dangling around its waist, but it still keeps pressing on. It's quite horrified that the fact it doesn't seem to take that much notice. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it's literally like sort of slipping around and like treading on its own intestines, but it doesn't seem to be bothering it that much. Okay, one more. Okay, with my spectacular stumbling around, um, let's see if my wild flailing can catch one of these by entirely accident. Can't you fall on it or something? Okay, here we go. The one before me. Minimal damage, but we we have connected. (laughs) I'm... And the report. <laughs> and luckily for you, the one in front of you is the one that uh, Quentin's been shooting. It only actually has like one hit point left. <laughs> so you do manage to take it out. So describe, perhaps by chance, perhaps yeah. by skill. Who knows? Yeah. How do you take it out? <laughs> I think so, we all know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just desperately trying and failing. But Quentin shoots, <laughs> and it it flinches from the pain straight in the sword. <laughs> it's just like ha ha ha. Ah, as it slides down, uh, no doubt sizzling, uh, like an undead roast. Indeed. So, as it's like, as I said, described previously, it's like crawling across the ground with mm-hmm. this like bolt of like Quentin's like sticking through its neck. It sort of like pulls itself up on one arm, like pulls this bolt out of its neck. And as it sort of raises its head like that, <laughs> it just basically like puts its head like directly in the path of your swing. <laughs> your sword goes through its neck with like this of steam coming up as it burns its way through it and the head of this thing just flies off lands about three or four feet away and the body remains upright for a few seconds and then just onto the ground and i will to steady myself i will punch my peg leg into the rib cage anchoring myself here taking a stand there there is a sickening squelch as you're like The thing's body like jerks as you, your peg legs sort of punches through it and then it lies still. <laughs> okay, so on to the creatures. So do that move. Okay, so we have one against Quentin. which fails abysmally you nimbly just like sidestep it and like smack it on the back of your head with your crossbow and then we have two against Weimar
misses abysmally. Second one. Again, misses. So I like to think as Weimar's sort of like flailing around trying to like pull his peg leg out of the body of the one he's just killed. He like quite coincidentally as he's like ducking down and pulling his leg, evades the claw swipes of these ghoulish creatures. And then we have two attacking Brock. So the first one. They're both coming in with claws. First one gets nowhere near. And the second one gets nowhere near. Okay, on to the next round then. Why am I doing a roll for initiative? Okay, so it's you guys going first again. So movement first. If I don't want to do any movement. I'm staying put. I'll take one step back, so I'm now pretty much back to back with Weimar. Nice. Yeah, you sort of form a defensive circle, effectively. Yeah. Okay, if there's no more movement, missile attacks. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to shoot this one. Okay. It's more of a defensive rhombus at this point. Because... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 15 for two points of damage. T tell you what, though, Quentin's a bit tasty with that crossbow. <laughs> Yeah, another bolt sinks into the thigh of this creature. It lets out one of these high-pitched, almost like canine-like squeals as this bolt into its thigh. Okay, if there's no more missile attacks, we're on to melee attacks. Okay. Uh... Oh, land is back. Oh, in a big way. Okay, yeah, so describe how she hacks down the one that's in front of her. All right, so she's got a, a long sword, I believe. So a lot more agile than Brock, um, but he's still like putting his muscle about. So he, he sort of just elbows this uh, this ghoul-like creature, um, puts him off balance, and just gives the opportunity for land to come in and just land a, a fatal blow. Sort of taking the head off this creature and indeed that's what happens as you sort of elbow it in the face doesn't really do much damage but it like staggers back a little bit Alan steps in with her long sword and like slices it from shoulder to groin its insides pretty much spill out of it and it collapses to the floor in a, a growing pile of its own innards I'll give a hearty uh, nod of the head in there show of respect as I then turn and face this one ahead of me indeed you do and describe how you turn and brutally dispatch this creature in a wanna so it's uh, some sort of web of death sort of move as, as he's facing the other direction to check that land is okay and dispatch this creature and then almost blind sighted just sort of knowing that the creature's right next to him just spins around hacks hacks into the uh, the stomach of this creature okay so why not what do you want to do okay so 
uh, this one. Uh, <clears throat> Let's see. Let's try fencing for a change. So now we're done with the flailing and we're back on form. I see he's back. Yeah. Okay. It's not quite enough to kill the creature, but you do skewer it with the sword. There's the hissing and smell of charred flesh as you lunge forward on what your good foot, stabbing your sword into it and wrenching it out and stepping back, ready to defend yourself. You see this huge sort of gaping, charred, burnt hole in the upper torso. This thing you see like shattered rib bones and and in its insides through this hole, but it's still sort of flailing forward. And as they do, and they go into their turn, sort of seeing a number of their fellows dead, there only being like a four of these ghoul-like creatures, they all let out a savage howl, and they seem to, they almost seem to get like a, a burst of energy as they sort of start moving like really quickly, like to the point where their outlines almost seem to blur as they're frenziedly launching these flurry of claw blows and snapping their jaws at you, as they almost go into like a sort of like a sort of shark, like blood in the water, sort of frenzy. Okay, so I'm going to do their moves. Okay, so the one that's nearly down is going to attack Weimar, so that's two claw and a bite attack. Oh, he's so mad now. Yeah, he's upped his game. Oh, <laughs> we're going down. Okay, you take one hit point of damage, and you need to make a paralysis save. If I click on the thing that says paralysis petrify save, does it do the thing? Give it a go. We'll see what happens. <laughs> it does. It actually does. It brings up the the saving throw thing for the proper saving throw, nice. and you get all the all the modifier stuff here as well. Yeah, so. Mm -hmm. This this isn't magic because it's it's using its hand bits. So here we go. Nice, nice. Okay, yeah. So for as it rakes you with its claws for like one point of damage, just like shallowly scratching you for a few moments, you feel like your muscles start to like seize up, almost as though like some sort of like paralytic venom or something of that nature has taken hold of you, but you're able to like fight past it and shrug it off. Okay, second claw attack. Misses you and <laughs> just about final bite attack. Come on! No! Not the face! <laughs> Not the face! <laughs> Okay, you take two hit points of damage and you need to make a save. Yeah, still good. <laughs> so again, as it snaps into you, like biting your flesh with these like needle sharp teeth, again you feel like your limbs trying to like seize up and sort of s your motion feels impeded for a few moments, but like try to use the pain to sort of like help spur you into action. You just sort of shrug it off and you keep moving. I want to say, like, because that was a bite attack. It's a needle teeth, right? And my armor is chainmail, which doesn't really help against its needle teeth, I guess. So maybe chomp down on my hands ah, through the armor. It doesn't do shit. 
nice okay so the next one attacking quentin so two claws and a bite first one misses second claw attack I'm guessing misses with a 13. What's your AC? Yeah, it misses. Misses a little bit. 14. Yeah. Okay. Bite attack. Oof. Misses as well. So basically this thing like launches itself at you, Quentin, and it's flailing around with its claws. It's like jaws like... As it's just trying to like literally like leap on you and rend you to pieces, and you're sort of having to like back off. Like you've got your crossbow still in hand, and you're like trying to fend it off as you're like backpedaling away from this frenzied creature. But it doesn't manage to get a blow on you. Okay, so the next one against Lamb. So two claw attacks. First one misses. Fourteen on lamb. Uh, I've got it down as fifteen. RAC. Lovely. Okay, so yeah, she'll get the barbarian bonus. So yep. two claws miss. So just the bite left. Oof. It's not that good. hits, and it does two hit points of damage to her, and she will need to make a paralysis save. Um, I don't know if this is going to come up for the right character here, so I might just do it manually. Okay. Hopefully that's right. Yep. Yep. So it bites into her. Like I say, obviously knock two hit points off her. Yeah. I forget exactly how many hit points she's got. I assume it's more than two. Yeah, I think it's four, isn't it? So all the way around. So yeah, yeah, it's four, yeah. It, it literally leaps onto Lan, bites into her neck, and she's sort of like trying to falling backwards like trying to push it off with a sword and a good hand but it's like clamped onto her neck you see like the the blood sort of like spilling down over her shoulder as she sort of like she's pretty much like backed up against you trying to force this frenzied thing off her but obviously you've got one coming in at you with a flailing mound yeah. of claws and needle sharp teeth so two claw attacks 18 will that be a hit it's one point of damage and you need to make a paralysis save. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so again, as it sort of like, as it like scrapes you barely with its claws, as I described to Weimar, for a few moments you feel almost like you've got like cramping like all your muscles and they threaten to betray you. But with your like innate ice walker <laughs> toughness, you fight through the pain and force yourself to keep going. Okay, so second claw attack. Misses. And just a bite attack left. Which also misses. See how ring that saved me there, plus one. Indeed. Mm. Okay, so we're on to the next round. Gonna roll for initiative, Wilmer. I'll roll for the monsters. Oh. Okay, so they're going first. Okay, so the one that's nearly dead attacking Wilmer. It's the twist of fate. 
First claw attack misses. Second claw attack misses. Bite attack misses. Yeah, so again, it, it launches itself at you, but obviously with it being nearly dead, its movements, even in a frenzied state, are somewhat sluggish. And you you basically like kick it in the face and back up a couple of spaces as it's like... It's doing the you. zombie thing now. Pr pretty much. The others are like wild, rabid animals that are leaping on people and trying to rip them apart. And this thing's like nearly dead. It's like... Okay, so the one attacking Quentin. So two claws and a bite again. First one misses. Second one misses. And the bite attack misses. Okay, the one attacking Lan. Two claws and a bite again. Ooh, First claw. Good. Misses. Second claw. Misses. Bite attack. Misses. So, as it's trying to get perch on her, she manages to like push it off her and it sort of falls back without managing to do a further damage. Okay, so the one on Brock, again, two claws and a bite. First claw attack, misses. Second claw attack, misses. And the bite. Misses. You parry its attacks and force it back a few steps. It's over to you guys. Obviously, any movement you want to do first. I'm staying put. Okay, so any missile attacks? Yeah. I'm uh, going to shoot this one. Okay. Nice. Ugh. Okay, you fire your crossbow, but obviously since you were like backing up and you're trying to fend this off, you have to take like a, a quick sort of snapshot yep. almost. So as you fire your bolt, it just sort of like grazes, like creases the side of the skull of this creature. And you see like a thin sort of red line appear along its head. Okay, melee attacks. Alright, we shall launch an assault on this one. And then strikes true. Indeed, she does. She strikes the creature, driving it to the ground. It's almost dead. It's just sort of hanging on to life. Oh, let's see what we can do about it. Then, as it's trying to sort of feebly pull itself to its feet to like spring and attack again, Brock steps in, reverses his sword, and <laughs> down through the the neck and the spine of the creature. It jerks for a few moments and then lies still. You quickly look around, Brock sort of like panting a bit from the exertion of swinging this sword around. And you can see as you look over to your left, 
you can see Weimar and Quentin sort of back to back, two of these creatures flailing at them, although one of them's like lying on the ground, feebly clawing at Weimar's leg. The other one's like got a bolt sticking out of it, but it seems largely okay. Then as you look to your right, you can see one of the creatures like loping and bounding towards yourself and Lan. That's a brace for it coming in. Indeed. Okay. So, on to the... Do we do NPCs first this round, or is it... No, it was you guys first, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think you won, actually. NPCs first this round. Okay, so, yeah, so, next round then, so we need to roll initiative again. Yeah, 6-5. I yes. didn't go. Oh, apologies, Weimar. But I've, I, ro I I've, rolled, I've rolled my initiative, but you you yeah. do your go now. I, I think I, I got mixed up as well, because I'm used to... Like, we went first so yeah, many times. Every, every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Okay, so is taking a swing at this one, trying to trying to finish what we started here. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Okay, <laughs> you take a swing at it, but no dice, I'm afraid. However, do you want to roll initiative? Obviously, I'm on a six. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on a one, John. <laughs> okay, so it's the ghouls going first. So... We'll start making the rolls for them. So we've got one. Well, we've got one attacking Quentin, this one at the top, and the sort of the slightly dead one attacking uh, Weimar, still sort of feebly trying to scratch at his leg. So two claws and a bite for against Weimar. So fifteen doesn't hit. Fifteen does hit. My AC fifteen does hit. All right, yep. okay. In which case, you've taken two points of damage from the first attack. Yeah, so and you've taken three from one. the second attack, so you need to make two <sighs> saves. Here we go. Here we go. This is the this is the turn of the tide. It's going out with a bang. This one. Yeah. Okay, one more. Let's go. No, we don't. We're not going anywhere. We're... <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so can you roll me two d four? Ah, damn. What's going so well for a bit there? Okay, so Quentin, as you're sort of like watching, you see this thing sort of like clawing Weimar's leg. The first blow it does, he like kicks out against it. Then as the second one scrapes his flesh, he sort of like starts turning around. And as he does, his muscles seem to lock up and he stops moving. You see like his eyes still moving, sort of like wide, like his pupils still moving, but like his body appears to be entirely immobilized. Okay, we've got the one attacking Quentin. Two claws and a bite again. First one misses. Second one hits for a mighty one point of damage yeah. on you, Quentin, and you need to make a paralysis save. Okay, so again, you start to feel like a bit sluggish as it sort of scrapes its claws down you, but you manage to force your way through it. Yep. Bite, bite attack. Misses. Okay. So this, this one up here is sort of like circling around. So he's not doing an attack this turn. So we go on to 
So that's the NPCs done. So it's on to you guys. I'm going to shoot this one again. Okay. I'm not going to move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send Lan over to help on this. Okay. Make sure Weimar's okay. Six points of damage. Oh, nice one. Okay, so again, you put another bolt into this creature. It's not... It's not down for the count, but rather like the other one, it's now sort of like lying on the floor. Its movements are feeble, feeble and sort of slow now. As you and that was the best it. I could do. So. <laughs> okay, so we're on to melee attacks. So do you want to go with Lamb first, Brock? Yes, yeah, so she runs over to try and defend uh, Weimar as best as possible and does a feeble job of it. I like to think that's because she's basically put herself in front of Weimar, seeing so, you know, as she was more concerned with like keeping him safe in his paralyzed state, and she and the blow was like almost an afterthought. Okay, Brock. We're struggling as well. Indeed. Twelve. One short, unfortunately. Okay, so I believe we're on to the next round now. So that will be initiative again. So why am I going to roll for the initiative? <laughs> definitely okay. up, up there, game. Now, luckily, because Lama's running, this creature isn't just attacking Weimar. Because if someone's paralysed, you don't roll to hit them, you just roll damage. So that, that could have been quite nasty if it was like, oh, there's no one else here, I'll just... Yeah. But it, it's going to attack Lan because she's there, she's jabbing at it with a sword. So, two claws and a bite again. The first one just misses. It's, it lashes out with a claw and she ducks and it whistles over her head. Second claw attack. Misses. Bite attack. Misses. Okay, the other nearly it's dead. It's a tough old bird. Indeed. The other nearly dead one attacking uh, Quentin. Misses. 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 So it flails at you feebly, and again, you're just like kicking it away from you. He's not doing bad either, considering he's got the lowest AC. Okay. <laughs> so the, the one on Brock. First claw. Misses. Second claw. Misses. Bite attack. Misses. So it leaps at you, and a few of your hits no doubt would have got you, but your armour and the, the item that you're carrying, the, 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 the protector of the tribe, makes you safe from harm. And that's the NPCs done, so it's over to you guys. So, Quentin, missile attack, I'm guessing? Yeah, shoot the same one. Okay. No, I don't. Okay. So, Lan... Yes, come on. 
yeah as the the creature sort of feebly lunges forward she steps in evading effortlessly its feeble clawings and slices its gizzard open with her sword killing it nice okay brock yeah oh he's lost it completely he's uh he's disconcerted he keeps looking over his shoulder he don't know where lan is anymore and it's distracting him quite a lot okay so we're on to the next round why am i gonna roll for initiative oh hey nice boom it's you guys first so missile attacks yeah i'm gonna shoot the same one oh, okay. i'm just gonna move in Okay, no, no dice, unfortunately. Okay, so melee attacks. I thought 14 was a hit, Joe. Is it 15? Oh, no, sorry, I didn't see your plus there. You're right, 14 is a hit. So you have caused it one hit point of damage, which is what it has. Hey. So, so, Quentin, is it sort of dragging its bloated carcass forward? You literally just, like, put your foot on it, the back of its neck, and, like, into the back of its skull, and it's like... Yep. And it is no more. Okay, Brock, you're in combat with the only one that's still fully working. Yeah. Here's a bit of a cheer behind him. It gives him a bit of encouragement. As he wades into this one. Indeed, it does. You wade in, hacking and slashing at this creature. However, it's still just hanging on to whatever passes for life it's literally like you've you've sliced it open there's multiple cuts on it there's bits of it itch that should be inside now outside but it's still again feebly sort of pulling at you with whatever unholy power animates it okay so onto the npcs so there's just this one left so attacking brock again two claws and a bite first one misses Second one misses, just the bite attack. Okay. And I'm willing to say, like, without making any further rolls, that you are able to kill this one, Brock. It's got, like, one hit point left. So I'm quite happy to say that you, like, step forward and, like, deliver the finishing blow as it's sort of, like, <sighs> crawling on the ground. You're just like... <laughs> nice. And you slay the final one of these creatures. There doesn't appear to be anything else attacking you. An eerie silence that is quite at odds with the sort of charnel smell of these slain creatures around you. It settles over the the logging encampment. Weimar's still sort of stood there like frozen. You see like his eyes are the only bit of him that's moving. Yeah, Lana be trying to work out if there's anything she can do to to aid him. Not coming across this before. Okay, she she can't see any obvious signs of you know like what she could potentially do to resolve this. And if we talk to him, he's he's still reacting, and you can see his eyes sort of moving. Yeah, yeah literally the only bits that's moving it are his eyes. He doesn't seem to be able to talk or anything like that. Mm. 
What are you guys doing? Um, it, where's the, the sun sword? Is he holding it aloft? It, it's in his hand. Yeah. Well, um, I suggest we get that out of his hand. Mm. I mean, is there a defensive position we can take somewhere against this sort of well, it's not cliff face, but this, this sort of drop backs against a wall and just sort of hide out and, and see if this effect passes. Brock, roll me a d6. Uh, it would be a five. Okay, so as you said, you're looking around and you're like, oh, is there a defensive position we could find? When something strikes you as odd, you stood right next to this like wooden cart, and it's oh, yeah. quite and it's quite like a deep cart, you know. But it's got quite a lot of depth to it. But when you actually look at like the like, peer over it, the inside, I like, maybe we can make this into a barricade or something. When you peer over the inside, the actual like inside of the cart only appears to be like a few like, like three or four like inches down, mm. whereas the actual like bottom of the cart's like much lower than that. It's almost like it's some sort of secret compartment underneath or extra compartment um, okay well I'll, I'll suggest the others come over to, to me I'm gonna sort of manhandle Weimar over so we can use that car as a bit of a sort of defensive position okay yep yeah. so b between Quentin and Lan they're able to like pick up Weimar and sort of like bring him over to this cart and in there, if uh, Quentin can keep an eye out, I'm going to have a quick investigation of this cart. Just okay. to sort of look at the bottom of it and see if there's any way in. You have a quick poke around and, like, you throw... A f there's a lot of stuff in the cart, just, like, empty barrels, bits of wood, planks, stuff like that. All of which you, like, move out of the way and you dump next to the cart. And now you're looking at it and it's clear. It looks to you as though someone's basically got, like, a flat piece of wood that's the same dimensions as the cart, and then they've sort of put it into the cart, like you said, like a mm. fake sort of floor. Okay, so I'll sort of lift it up, almost like a sort of trap door. Okay, no problems. You you basically like stick the end of your sword sort of in the, the sort of crack down the side of it, and you, you pretty much sort of like lever it out, I suppose would be the the best way of describing it as you lever it out you see the the pallid figure of the vampiric creature that you faced previously its arms folded across its chest seemingly asleep under this fake floor in the cart as you throw the wooden bit off and let the sunlight because it's still daytime comes like streaming in its eyes, like this blood red eyes, like snap open. It immediately starts to thrash around and starts screeching. You notice its flesh start to like blacken as the sunlight rushes in, and like smoke starts to like pour from its ears and its mouth and its nose. It's like, all right. Well, as I see that the sun is having that effect, I just rip this bit of wood to one side, like fling it 
Yeah, you pull the wood off and you throw it to one side. The creature continues thrashing around. It's it screams, rising to this ear-shattering, high-pitched wailing. And as you watch, more smoke pours from it. Eventually, like flames start to like lick out from rents that appear in its flesh. It it starts trying to like as it's on fire and like smoke pouring out of it. It starts like pulling itself out of the cart perhaps planning to make like a run for it or get under some cover or something like that and it's like it's sort of pulling itself out on this this side here that's like facing the cliff it's basically just grabbed hold of the edge and it's like pulling itself up i say smoke billowing off it flame licking out of it i mean if i get the opportunity i'll just try and take a hack at it yeah go for it either slow it down or yeah go for it deal it some damage Um, what's all that? Uh, 18. Okay, so you hack at it with your... Luckily for you, because obviously you can damage creatures that can be affected by magic. You hack at it, and you basically come in from the other side, swiping in its chest, like doing damage and forcing it back into the cart. You suspect it may have been about to like hurl itself over the cliff or something, maybe try and get into one of the tents or mm. something like that, just out of the sunlight, but you force it back into the cart. And over the course of the next few minutes, these flames engulf its entire body, blackening first, burning away the flesh, until all that's left is like a pile of ash and bones. And then as you watch, like as though time is catching up with them, the bones themselves start to like crumble away. Oof. Well, I hope that thing's dead. Well, I'll be watching it until it's literally sort of ashes. And as Quentin says, well, I hope that thing's dead, Weimar, you suddenly feel the power of motion return to your limbs. You are now able to move. Oh, did uh, Quentin, did you take my uh, sword? Yeah. yeah, to stop you hitting yeah. yourself in the just, head. Just, just, just to check, Quentin, what alignment are you? Me, I'm neutral. In which case you need to roll me a d6. Ooh. Six. Okay, you take six hit points of damage. As you nice. sort of as you're like pulling the sword out of like Weimar's grasp, it suddenly becomes like blistering, like white hot, and you're like forced to let go of it. The sword falls to the ground and like sticks in the ground. Uh, I like to think that this happened when you said it happened. So it's been a while now. Yeah. Like uh, several moments at the very least. Uh, I, I think, I think so obviously that, that happened because I sort of like forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. But I like think what happens is maybe like, maybe, I don't know, maybe Weimar's got like a wrap or something to like make it easier to hold on to. And you'd sort of grabbed hold of the wrap. And then as you're moving around, that was the first time like your hand actually came into contact with the sword proper, Quentin. And that's why that kicked in then. So... I I regain motion, <laughs> just as Quentin is like, ah! <laughs> I was like, drop the sword. Oh. <laughs> He's already one step ahead of you. <laughs> right, and I, th- I think Quentin, you've actually lowered your your maximum hit points by six. So I'm just going to correct that for you. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so yeah, 
as you're like drop the sword quentin is already like ah, and like throws it down and it like sinks into the ground like blade first Obviously, as you now look over, obviously you've heard the screaming and the howling, yeah. Weimar, but as you look over, you can now see like the skeletal, like crumbling ashen remains of this creature that Brock has forced into the light of day. This could have been very bad. Oh, we need to be quick. Uh, <clears throat> Let's, let's take a look around and, and go. I'm gonna, I think yeah, I'm, I'm going to go and check these other carts straight away to see if they've got any of these sort of yeah, handmade caskets. I'll, I'll retrieve the sword and follow Brock. <laughs> yeah, move yourself, to where you, move yourself to where you want to go, guys. We're not in combat rounds anymore. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm going down to these, these two sort of... Yeah, we, we need to stick together because these... You get a scratch and you might be. Oh done. yeah, I'm not going to open it until now we know the situation. Yeah. But I just wanted yeah. to see. Every, if everyone done. just okay. <laughs> Hang together. <laughs> so Brock, Weimar, and Lan with like Quentin, sort of like covering your six, basically. Yeah. You you move up to the to the cart, and as you search through it, amongst all the timber and other sort of fairly nondescript stuff. You find a small Hessian sack in there that appears to have four gemstones in them. Two are a dark purple, almost black. One is a light pink, and the other is a, a vibrant, fiery orange. Bag it and go. Yeah, yeah. But they haven't got this sort of uh, casket type effect. They haven't got this... Uh plank of wood over the top or anything no, like the they other. They don't seem to have. Okay. That's the, that was my main concern. Alright, I'll, uh, I'll stick those gems on your carrot sheet. Uh, why not? Um, search the tents and the crates as well, I guess. Just to see if there's anything else of note. Okay, yeah. yeah, just move yourself to where you want to the search. Okay, so Brock, as you're rifling through the tents, you find in some crates behind the tent here, you find a large crate full of gold pieces. Obviously, mm -hmm. effectively, like part of like the profits of this logging camp before it was taken over by this vampire play and at a conservative estimate you think there's about 2,000 gold pieces in there mm. okay. it's just a big old crate full of gold yeah um, and we're looking for sort of potential logging equipment so we'll you know yeah. if we can find any axes or anything as well we'll collect those up and put them on the wagon yeah uh, there's, there's plenty of like miscellaneous like logging equipment axes spades uh, Swords metal spikes, stuff. saws, stuff like that. There's loads of that sort of stuff about. Yeah, which will be useful. Um, no other signs of any any life? Not that you've seen yet. Any bodies? No, no. not that you've found. Quentin, as you're walking past the uh, the sort of tent that is here, that you've just sort of like walked past, as you will look in, you can see that like that's what maybe used to be like 
quartermaster or like a supervisor's tent there's like a little wooden table in there there's some papers on the table there's like a, a chair in there there's like a a little like lantern it's obviously not been used for a while but it's like hanging from like the support of the tent i'll, I'll go in and have a look around okay there's no problem at all so you go in and have a look around there's plenty of like miscellaneous equipment no sort of like real wealth or anything like that however as you look around you do find like a bundle of notes it looks like originally they were used to like they were like the books basically for this logging camp you know profits and loss and stuff yeah. like that however it looks as though someone's written over them in like some crabby scrawly barely legible handwriting but you can make out like a few of the entries the first one says i now know that the creature that chose me was but an emissary of the king of blood who dwells in the white city in the shining mountains an ancient stronghold of long dead mages then just below that but obviously like written at a different time and slightly more scrawly it says, with each day that passes, the sun becomes more painful to me, and I feel less like myself. It is as though some part of me has been scooped out, and something dark has poured itself into the hole left behind. You flick through a few more pages, much of it's illegible. Then you find another one that says, I've discovered that I can use my blood to make my workers more pliable and stronger, like myself, but somehow lesser. Their touch does not drain life like my own, but can freeze a man in place. It seems that the King of Blood desires ships to look for a more pleasing lands to conquer, and it is for this reason he has gifted me his strength. You continue looking through. Another entry says, I'm under no illusions that the King will retain my services should I cease to be useful. During the hours of darkness I've been attempting to discover all I can, lest I should need to take my leave. I've discovered legends of Brondralart, last of the Ancient Ones, and the reputed wielder of a great sword that shone with the light of the blazing sun. Apparently he joined the ancient mages in their attempt to stop a great evil rising in the White City just before the coming of the Great Frosts. According to the legends I have studied, he gave the mages a chance to escape but was consumed by the evil. And then the final entry is like really scrawled like it's been written in a hurry or perhaps the person was like changing or their hands weren't working properly. And it says, the Blood King will have his ships I may build one for myself should I need to take my leave, but I will write no more. I can sense his influence growing and do not know how much longer my thoughts will be my own. Well, I'll take those. No problem. I'll add those to your inventory. You should now have an item called Vampire Plans in your miscellaneous section of your inventory, which if you sort of click on it, will do a drop down and show you what I've just read out. Um, I'll search around for anything else that might be there's, worth taking. There's a lot of like, I suppose, like draftsman's gear, you know, like compasses and like measuring sticks and stuff like that. You know, like stuff you'd need for for like plotting out. You see, like there's there's like an old map which isn't particularly useful because it's only of the local area, but it shows the area that you've already seen on your way in. They logged out, so presumably like the guy like planned out where they were going to log first. And then they went and did it. Like I said, there's loads of like draftsman's equipment, and you, you're all between you all gathering up some stuff which will be very useful for when it comes to like building your tower. Because you're just be like, oh, we've got scads of like draftsman's equipment. There you go, like stonemasons and whatever, build a yeah. tower for us. So yeah, you've collected all that. But aside from that and the these sort of like these plans, these bits of paper you've collected, there's nothing that 
really sort of sparks your interest in this. That's fine. So I'll, I'll go back outside and explain these plans. Okay. So Quentin comes out. He's holding these like loose sheets of paper with these that have been written over with these scrawled writings, and he he reads them out to you as I've just read them out. Obviously, if anyone needs me to refresh anything that I've just read, let me know. But Quentin reads through them all for you. But there's so there's one sort of master somewhere, isn't there? Some sort of master. Well, there's definitely their equivalent of a patriarch, I think. It would seem to. I mean, obviously, there's multiple mentions in this thing of like a, a king of blood or a blood yeah, king. Yeah, blood king. Yeah. So you know, he's definitely going to be bad news. And obviously, there's the mentions of this, of discovering the legends of this Brondra Lat, who was apparently last of the ancient ones, who apparently used to wield a sword that shone with the light of the sun. But like, whether that's the same person as this king, or whether it's something else, isn't really clear. Where do we think that such a creature would hide out during the day? Because we now know that, obviously, they don't like the sunlight. Underground buildings. Hmm. I mean, you, you might as, rot easily. You might assume, and obviously it's up to you, but they don't seem to really need anywhere special to like sleep as long no. as it's dark. So I mean, that guy was just under a fake floor in a cart. It wasn't yeah. like like a custom built coffin or anything. Yeah, but I thought the the head honcho would have something a little bit more fortified or well in the notes that uh, in the notes mm. that. Uh, Quentin's just read. It does mention that apparently the King of Blood dwells in the White City in the Shining Mountains in some mm. ancient stronghold of the Long Dead Mages. But that's that's not something that sort of rings any sort of memories or. Well, you know the Shining White Mountains City. are like a mountain range in the like in the glacier to like the no the north. That's the northwest, is it? No, northeast. Northeast. Oh, that glacier. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of such a, a white city or doesn't ring any bells to you. No. Which to be honest, if it was if it was like a stronghold of like mages, it doesn't surprise you that like no. your, your people aren't really down with that. No, I would have wiped that from memory. <laughs> hmm. So they've come they've come quite a far distance and Oh yeah. This is basically the south coast we're on now. And you, you know that from what you've read here, assuming this, well, from what Quentin's read out to you, assuming that this King of Blood is like active, there's at least two other vampires because the this guy, presumably if this is like the notes of the guy you've just killed, he said that the person who chose him was an emissary from the King of Blood. So like, mm. obviously the King of Blood didn't turn him into a vampire directly. He sent someone who did it. So there's at yeah. least another two like vampires. But we've already seen... That they can spread, you know. Yeah. And it takes someone to bite. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, you've seen what happened to Cotton Nickel. Yeah. But we've found no sign of Malcolm as of yet, have we? No. Obviously, if you want to do like a full, like in-depth search of the area, you can do. Cause, I mean, you basically at the minute you've just been sort of like quickly looking in tents and like noticing like obvious stuff. If you want to do like a full detailed search, you can do, but obviously that will take a lot of time and like it because we're in like sort of like 
mid to late afternoon now by the time you sort of like do like a big search of that it will be starting to get dark our sort of path has gone a bit cold isn't it now we've got here I was hoping he might have been here What, how many days ahead of the was he towards? No, was he two days ahead of us, John? Something yeah. like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a couple of days, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could, be, he could have easily, you know, run off, made his escape, but... He could have gone through the portal. Why, Mark, could you done. roll me a d6, please? Historically, this has gone very well today. <laughs> okay. So, as Quentin and Brock are sort of chatting about this, you're sort of like, again, like keeping an eye out, make sure nothing takes you unaware. And as you're sort of looking around, in the sort of fading light of the day, you ca you see something like glinting in the this snowdrift at the far end of the camp. I'm sort of like, Quentin. Get a, get a bolt ready. I'm gonna okay. go check. I'm gonna go check the snow here. All right, I'll, I'll get one ready. Okay. I'll, I'll get my shield out, my sword out. I'm gonna start wandering in that direction if he's wandering off over there. Okay. As you all cautiously approach the snowdrift, you look down, Weimar, and as you look down, you see lying on its side in the snowdrift a beech wood pipe and you recognize it having sat and smoked with Malcolm on numerous occasions pondering weighty matters you recognize it as the pipe that Malcolm used to smoke right we don't need to shoot and I'll I'll sort of squat down as best as I can and I'll sort of wave wave them over mm -hmm. it's like this is this is Malcolm's pipe The is there any... you, was the the thing you destroyed, Brock? I think it was you. I didn't see. It wasn't Malcolm, was it? I mean, it's, I don't know how easy it is to tell. I mean, do they keep their sort of characteristics? They they do seem as the infection takes place to become like more bastard. You know, they get like they get pointy ears, they get pale, they get the faces look a little more bat-like, for want of a better term, but. To you, it, it looked like the one you thought you'd killed previously. Right. And in that sort of final death sort of froze or whatever, do they sort of change back or anything? Or do they... They don't know. No. Okay. Um, I mean, as far as I'm aware, or it, it didn't look like Malcolm, but I'm not sure that they don't take on the same sort of lookers these other creatures but is there any signs of anything where this pipe was is there any footsteps footprints leading away from it or there's not any footprints wait i tell you you can make me a tracking roll or a hunting roll if you prefer uh, i shall do such that is the worst i could have rolled okay you you think because obviously it's been like snowing and i'll see it like 
there were a couple of days ahead of you any tracks like any just like normal like people tracks would have probably been covered over by the snow yeah. and in fact it's it's pretty miraculous that why am i like spotted just like the top of this pipe like sticking out of the snow drift yeah is there anything else in that snow have a little look around is there any other possessions that was it just the pipe that seems to have dropped? Roll me a d6. Because if it's only the pipe, maybe he did just drop it in his escape. That's a five. Okay, so you don't find anything else in this snow pile, and you sort of dejectedly, you're like, oh no, there's nothing else there. You've like you poked through it, etc. Being like careful. However, as you're sort of like looking around trying to think about your next move, you spot amongst the white of this snowdrift up here. You see what appears to be like a tiny like spot of like red amongst the white of the snowdrift. Mm. Oh, go and investigate that. Okay, no problems. I'm wondering if he's trying to leave us a, a some sort of message or a breadcrumb. Okay, as you move across this snowdrift, the, the bit of red turns out to be like the corner of a small red book with like a, a cross on the front of it. Uh, you open the front cover and it says Diary of Fidelity Redman. And it appears to be the diary, many diary entries of someone basically saying they came to Balconing to look for an ancient temple and various ruins. And then they got they got sort of stuck in these ruins they were fleeing there from insects and then they had to like barricade themselves in a, a stone chamber but they got no food the last entry says that their wounds are getting worse there's a fever on them their only regret is they won't have a chance to search for the ancient relics hidden in the lower levels of this ancient sanctum and then like, there's a final sort of ragged entry that just says, it's so cold and yet my skin is burning. I can barely hold my pen. I must close my eyes. Was, it, was there, again, any sort of dis description of where that might have been? Did it say anything about a coastline or any sort of indication where that was? There's a lot about sort of like travelling across to Valconan, like the southern coast, stuff like that. Uh, it mentions travelling to the village of the Leng and speaking to those people. Mm. Uh, da, da, da. It says the the person reluctantly bid farewell to the Leng. Um, they've given a they've given the person directions to a ruined abbey in the mountains. They say it was from the ancient times before the ice sheets came and was once home to a group of great holy warriors. Mm. And then the, the talk is of finding this ruined abbey, starting to explore it, but finally it was infected by like these beetles and insects. Mm. Obviously, Weimar, you may recognise this. Have you been to this temple? Uh, yeah, I, I think you could call it a temple. Yeah. And you recognise this Weimar as the uh, 
in the the sort of ruined order of Solaris Abbey, mm -hmm. where you found the the bones of this unfortunate woman, like barricaded in a chamber. You also found her diary with a body, and you know that Malcolm took the diary with him when you left. Mm -hmm. So that's somewhere you've already sort of uncovered and explored, or just sort we, of looked in. We have been there, yes. Mm -hmm. Um. Would he seek shelter there? Why would he not go south? I wonder if this is just him unburdening him his uh, his belongings while fleeing. Mm. Something else. Is is this the book that Malcolm took from that temple? So that that is the one, John. Yes, it is. Yep. Well, like I say, maybe he's he's trying to leave us. Would he go up there? Why would he not go south if he had the chance? I mean, if this is Malcolm and he's been cap, you know, captive or he's been taken by someone, perhaps mm -hmm. he's managed to drop some possessions to try and lead us in mm -hmm. the right direction, knowing full well that we would you know, follow him. Well, knowing Malcolm, he would probably want to sit down for a smoke. Well, it seems he might not have that opportunity. So if I, if I sort of use those two, John, as a, like a, a straight line almost, and just walk in that same direction to the northeast, looking along the ground, I'm looking for any other sort of signs of something being dropped or okay. any sort of pieces make, of note make me a another hunting roll okay I mean this could be way off the mark a two okay so as you're wandering around you get to about here mm-hmm and as you're sort of you're searching in like a slightly more sheltered area because of like the little shrubs and whatever, so the snow's not quite as deep here, you see sort of almost like casually like thrown against the base of these shrubs what appears to be a rolled up piece of parchment. And on yeah. it it says like written in like very old handwriting, it says, Despite our objections, it is clear that our brother Senna are planning to go ahead with their plan to conjure up the Great Ice Age to seal the firstborn back into the ice. It is true that we need to act, but they seem heedless of the ripple this will have in the rest of the natural world. My fellow Droon have proposed we prepare for this eventuality and have conceived a plan to translate the great western Tolman Wode into another place far beyond the reach of this looming winter. It has fallen to me to test some of the lesser conjurations that will be used in this great undertaking. My brother Droon have begun the construction of several gates that will provide the necessary connection between Balconan and the Tolman Wode. Once the working is complete, we will leave this place, but I have placed several enchantments so our work will not fall into the hands of the unworthy. And again, I'll say to Weimar, this sounds something that Malcolm's read to mm -hmm. me before. Mm -hmm. And that would pique his interest, to be sure. And as you're saying it. this, you're looking around, Brock, and about ten feet to the north, so just beyond the edge of the map where you're, where you're standing, you see in the slightly deeper snow what appear to be the tracks of a cart heading north. Mm. 
I think this is I think this is our friend trying to leave us a message to follow. If he has been taken captive, then he could be travelling on this cart. Well, it, I think it's the only thing we can track now, other than <clears throat> going back to the the sap. So I think let's leave this place before anything else happens and see where the tracks go. Okay. So we'll click those bits up, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so as you guys leave and you start following the tracks and all, that is where we're going to end this evening's session. I know it's a little bit shorter, but I don't want to carry on yeah. too much without uh, yeah. Rob here. So thank, thank you very you. much for playing, guys. I hope that was okay for you. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And obviously, we'll sort out XP and the like shortly. But for now, it just remains for me to thank my wonderful players. And to anyone who's watching this, either now or in the future, thanks very much. Hopefully, we'll catch you for the next one. Take care.